This is Well Being, Well Bought, Well Said, the podcast with me, Sarah Maloof. Join me as I chat with fitness gurus, business owners, wellness experts, and other inspiring individuals as together we dive into what it means to live well. Hello, hello. We are quickly approaching Valentine's Day, y'all. I just am going to be real. I I really don't like this time of year. (laughs) I think most of us can agree from New Year's until March when it's really dark and dreary. I mean, I say that it's actually 70 degrees and sunny here in Jackson today, but that's just classic Mississippi weather all over the map. But typically speaking, this is kind of a hard time of year for me, but I always really look forward to Valentine's day. Even when I was single, it didn't really matter. I just loved an excuse to drink wine and eat chocolate and hang out with friends. And I hope that I can pass that along to y'all, whether you're single in a relationship, married, whatever. I hope you are enjoying your time this weekend as we approach and celebrate Valentine's day. So that's just the little sidebar. Today's guest is Olivia Barrett. She is the owner of Live the Salon, hairstylist, my hairstylist, and also my friend. She has been doing hair for 10 years. She's been the salon owner of Live the Salon here in Brandon for three years. She used to educate around the Southeast with color companies. She does specialize in color, and y'all, she is so smart. I did not really know what I was getting into with this episode before we, you know, you kind of think, oh, hair, like we know the basics of cut and color and whatever. We're women. We've been doing this for a while. I'm speaking generally as we, the women, but no, I was blown away. I have so many tips and tricks that I'm walking away from this episode with. I am interesting Olivia to a hairstyle and look change maybe later this spring. Stay tuned for that. But anyway, if you have hair on your head, you will learn something, whether or not you color, but especially if you color your hair, there's a lot of just really tangible takeaways in this episode. So with that being said, let's get into it. Welcome to the show, Olivia. Hi. All right. I want people, so for those listening, Olivia is my hairdresser here, but she's also my friend and she's also the owner of the salon where I go. So as most of y'all know, I moved from Memphis about a year ago. Shout out to Gretchen, my sweet friend and hairstylist there. Loved her. She did my wedding hair and then I moved here. And before I even moved here, I was in the the market, so to say, of needing a desperate hair cut and color. So I was like, I've got to text Olivia. I joke with Matt because we didn't have our lease signed. We didn't have like things packed. We had so many unknowns, but I had a hair appointment on the books. Yes, you did, and girl. so for the past year, <laughs> sweet Olivia has been cutting my hair and coloring for the grays I'm already getting. So with that being said, I want you to tell the listeners a little bit about a little bit about yourself and what made you decide to open live the salon and kind of that journey for you up till now. Yeah. Um, I'm Olivia Barrett. I'm from Jackson, Mississippi, but I own a salon in Brandon, Mississippi. Um, Liv just turned three years old. Um, I've been doing hair 10 years though. And live has always been a dream for me. Like I knew my salon would be named live 10 years ago. <laughs> um, and perfect. it's been a journey. Yeah. It's been a journey. I've been to a couple salons and then I opened up my own suite. So baby steps and then live came about at the perfect time. And 
I couldn't ask for anything better. Honestly, like it just all came together. That's the best way to put it to you. <laughs> what, what do you mean by that? Like just certain doors opened or how did it come about? Yeah. Like, um, I knew a salon was coming cause I was an independent artist in a suite. Like I rented a room for three years and I was saving up for the salon, but I couldn't find a space that like fit what I wanted. And, um, I always drive through downtown Brandon every single day. It's like this little historical little city. And one day I've been eyeing this building for 10 years. <laughs> and one day I finally saw a for lease sign in the window and I just happened to knock on the door. Somebody answered and I literally signed a lease that week. Like it was like, boom, boom, boom. Like it just fell into place. It was oh super odd and weird. Yeah. Yeah. I was meant to be in her place is so cute. Your space is really unique. Describe it a little bit more. You said it's that old antique feel and it's a unique yes. salon. I've never been in a salon that has the same vibe as yours. Yeah. So I used to educate back in the day, like actually teach people color and stuff. And I would teach a lot in New Orleans. So those like shotgun two-story buildings were always my favorite. And to find that in Mississippi is extremely hard. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> and this is one of the few buildings I've seen like this. So this actually used to be a house in the Civil War. And we live in the living quarters upstairs. Well, we don't live. I pretty much live there. Um, <laughs> But yeah, it's, it's super cool. Like we have the original floors, like all the crawl spaces and the fireplaces are exposed. It's just, it has so much character. That is so cool. So yeah. how old is the building? I can't remember the exact year, but it is pre-Civil War. That is insane. It's it looks extremely old. Phenomenal. How many girls yes. work in the salon? Um, let's see. I have seven stylists plus me and a receptionist. So nine of us total. I mean, you're just growing. Your clientele is growing three years. So before we get into the actual hair side of things, I want to talk a little bit more about the business. Yeah. What are some things that maybe surprised you or about opening and running a business? Have you had some of those? Of course, <laughs> <laughs> you know, every business owner, you know, we have these grandiose like ideas. It's like, it's going to be amazing and a fairy tale and it's going to be awesome. But not many people really tell you how much work goes into it, especially behind the scenes. Um, you know, you have to keep, you have to keep a good relationship with your girls and not as a whole individually because mm -hmm. they're stylists. They want to be happy, you know, and then you all social media is a whole different ball game. You have to be relevant on social media and Running a business period, especially with women can be hard and finding my core team has been a journey and yeah, being a business part, I mean, business partner, <laughs> business owner is very, very hard. You know, mm -hmm. it, it takes a tough skin. It really, really does. So when somebody wants to open up a business, I always say, get ready for it, you know, cause it's, it's a journey. It really is. Is the mental aspect of that the part you have to most get ready for and prepare for? You can't be yes. the people pleaser all the time. Happy go lucky. Yeah. Yes. And it's hard for me because I'm a giver, you know? Mm -hmm. So throughout the years, it's been something for me to learn to say no more than yes, you know, because I have to protect myself and my business too. So yeah, the mental aspect of running a business is tough because you're always on go mode. Like there's no shut off mode for me. Mm -hmm. So that's been the biggest thing. And y'all, sure. y'all listening need to know that not only does Olivia own and run this whole salon with these seven stylists under, I mean, she has a full book of business herself. Every time I'm in there, you're just one after the other busy with clients. Is it I hard do, to yep. balance your life as a stylist and your life as a business owner? Not really. You know, yeah. like, um, 
I'm Liv, you know, like I'm the girl that's also slaying here, but at the same time, if there's an issue, I handle it. And somehow I've come up with this balance that I can do it. You know, I don't know how, <laughs> but like I said, you know, business owners, you got to have a tough skin because you got to have multiple roles. Not only are you working for the business, but you also have to protect it and promote it and all kinds of stuff. Mm-hmm. You are the brand. You're, I mean, literally your name is Olivia. You literally are live. <laughs> yes. Line. Yeah. 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 Okay. Tell us before we get into some of the hair questions, tell us about your professional training. Okay. Um, so I've been doing here 10 years again. Um, so my biggest thing in this industry is faking it until you make it. And some people feel weird about that. Um, but I did fake it until I made it. So in the three years, there was an opportunity for me to try out to be an educator for matrix professional, which if you don't know matrix, they make professional hair color, they make shampoo conditioner, uh, they're owned by L'Oreal, which is a big umbrella of companies. And um, I was told you'll never make it because you're a young stylist. You've only been doing it three years. And mind you, you know, seven years ago when I was educating, no one was doing balayage. No one in Jackson, Mississippi, at least. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, I watched YouTube videos. I trained myself. I was one of a couple stylists around here actually like performing balayage and ombre. So that's how I got the attention of this company. I tried out, long story short, I lied about how many years <laughs> I've been doing hair. Uh-uh. That's the only reason, yes, and I got the job. So I traveled all around the Southeast. I taught professionals color and balayage and blonding. Um, I did that for three years. And at that point, the money just wasn't into it because I wanted live to be a thing. Mm-hmm. I couldn't educate fully and open up a salon, so... Then I started opening up my own business in a solo suite, which is just an individual room and saved up. And here we are. So (laughs) it's been a, it's been a road. Okay. How old are you now? I'm 32. Okay. And you've been doing this now for how many years? 10. Okay. So something else though, that you told me that was so interesting to me one day when I was in the salon, when I asked where you went to cosmetology school, you're trained as a classical barber, right? I am. Okay. What, like, what does that mean? Cause you don't primarily cut men's hair now, right? How was that transition? How did you transition? I, I, I don't know anything about the education of hair. So tell tell me. Yeah. So when people hear the word barber, they immediately associate it with a man, right? Mm, right. So the only difference and the best way I could put this to people who are not stylists is the only difference between a cosmetologist and a barber is a cosmetologist is a jack of all trades. They can do nails, skin, and hair. A barber only does hair. So we are trained only on hair for 15 months. That's how long a hairdresser goes to school in Mississippi. For those that don't know, cosmetologists do all these little things to get a big degree. We study one thing to get a big degree. So really you're a specialist. It's what people want. I I consider barbers specialists. Yeah, I'm a little biased. Cosmetologists don't hate me, but (laughs) Uh, yeah, barbers to me are just fantastic hair cutters. They understand color. They understand chemistry of hair more, you know, but cosmetologists, they go out and we all educate outside of school. And I know a lot of cosmetologists that are better at haircutting than some barbers I know. So mm-hmm. it all depends on how you educate yourself after school because mm-hmm. school is just the ABCs. It's nothing fun, believe it or not. 
Yeah. So all the fun stuff and the specialty stuff comes after. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Well, like I said, I don't know. I don't know really anything about hair. I mean, y'all, if Olivia tells me it's something I need to buy, I just buy it. Like I, I don't, it's not my specialty. So this is going to be just as much a learning session and Q and a for me as it is for any listener. And luckily we did get lots of great hair care and hair product questions. Awesome. And I do think it's so important. I mean, as women, especially, I think we do and rightfully so put a lot of value on our, on our hair. I mean, it's just a very it's your crown. It's a part of, yeah, that's a great way to say it. It's your crown. Your hair is your crown. Yeah. A big part of who we are. And of course it doesn't define us or make us. And I mean, people who lose their hair are gorgeous too, but it's something that of course all women, I think specifically want to take care of, maintain, look nice hair and skin. It's something we're all, we're just been talking, we've been talking about and dealing with since we were young. So with that being said, I want to go through some of these questions. So first question, someone asked, how can I grow my hair faster? This is the question I probably get the most behind the chair. Um, everyone wants long, luscious locks. locks. <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't mm-hmm. speak. Um, but you know, it's not an overnight thing. And I'm not a magician. None of your hairdressers are magicians. We can't make your hair grow, you know. But there is things that you can do to help your hair grow. Um, a lot of people tend to reach for vitamins. So like a women's all day or biotin, any doctor and nurse that I've ever talked to is going to tell you that a vitamin takes up to three months to take effect. Okay. Mm -hmm. Also keep in mind, your hair only grows a half an inch a month, period. Is that across (laughs) the board? Yes. Well, as a general thing, yes, it's only going to grow a half inch a month. So there's a couple things you should do. Um, to estheticians I've talked to, they gave me this hint. If your scalp is stimulated and you circulate your blood flow, it's going to increase hair growth. Also, another thing is uh, tea tree oil. It has like this minty, wait, 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 wait sensation. Do you mean like yeah. a like a scalp massage? Yeah. Oh, that <laughs> so is when so you're in the shower, treat yourself and rub on your scalp, and maybe sing happy birthday to yourself about four times every shampoo and conditioner. Wow. That is so interesting. Okay. Okay. So scalp massages. Yes. Tea tree oil. And it's going to have this like tingly sensation. And what I tell a lot of my clients do is to put a, put a few drops in your shampoo and it's just going to give you that tingle sensation without you sitting there and rubbing forever to circulate your blood. So that's going to stimulate your scalp. And then also do vitamins. What's it going to hurt? Um, and also ladies, there's also hair extensions. You could solve it that way. So <laughs> yeah. true, true. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That is so interesting. I've never heard any of these tips for growing your hair. I've heard take vitamins, but I have not heard about tea tree oil or the scalp massages. Um, yes. this question kind of piggybacks off that first one. How do, how often do I need to cut my hair if I'm growing it out? Okay. So again, your hair grows a half inch a month. So a normal client, I would say in my chair, gets a haircut every six to eight weeks. So let's just say you're an eight-week client. Your hair has grown out an inch since you've seen me. Maybe you should only do a baby trim and cut a half inch off. That way you gained a half inch. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So let's just say over a year, every other month, you get six haircuts. That should be six inches your hair grows throughout the year. You'll gain three inches. Now, women with longer hair can get away with haircuts a little bit longer, so you could back up to 12 weeks, or you could start skipping every other haircut, you know, because I have some girls that go from a bob to this. It takes years, 
but they skip every other haircut. Or when they do come in, I only cut literally just the babiest half inch trim. Mm-hmm. I feel like my hair grows faster than that. Is that possible? Or is this just in my head? No, it's, it's totally possible. It's all up to genetics and how you were made, you know? So yeah. I have some clients that come back with a one inch new growth after four weeks. And I'm like, Whoa, what have you been doing? And they're gotcha. like, nothing. But I've, I've learned that people that tend to eat cleaner, uh, drink water that are active when you're active, your blood circulation is always pumping better. Um, and then you're also following my instructions for hair growth. Your hair does tend to grow faster and longer. So, huh. okay. Yeah. So that happens. That's the average. That is all very informative. Okay. Yeah. So now for someone who has noticed their hair, maybe thinning, this is not yeah. a problem I have because if you know me, I'm like Hagrid from Harry Potter with my, you are not, I am. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, if you did notice your hair thinning and you wanted to help it thicken or slow it down, at least from continuing to thin out, what do you recommend? Uh, so I, I get this question quite a bit too. So there's, um, again, I'm not a doctor. I'm not a nurse. I just want to put that out there. Um, but thinning of the hair can have multiple factors. If you have gone on an extreme diet, if your hormones have changed, if your thyroid is affected, any kind of like big physical change, you can bet that your hair is going to thin even postpartum. Um, there's not many things, and this is super unfortunate to make hair thicker, like, like a vitamin or a pill or anything like that. There are like products that can make it seem thicker, but if your hair is ever thinning, I always tell people to go to a doctor. Mm. Uh, that's, that's always my first thing because a doctor is going to have better suggestions than I can really give you because most of the time, literally 90% of people that their hair is thinning, I'm like, go to a doctor. They're like, Oh, yep. Something's wrong. Mm. You know? Yeah. So, and 10% of them are probably like, Oh, they didn't say anything was wrong. It's, again, it's just about how your genetics are made up. Mm-hmm. And a so, lot of it probably, and I don't know, you see this more than me, but just as an observer, I'm sure a lot of it isn't that something's quote wrong where a doctor could prescribe you something, but maybe your it's your lifestyle, your habits, yes. you know, if you're yes. high stress, if you're, yes. if something has caused a lot of internal anxiety or emotion, I would imagine that could play a part. Yes. And you can go even to an esthetician and get them to look at your scalp a little bit better, but a hairdresser more than likely is going to tell you to go see somebody who can diagnose you with, if you have stress, if it's your thyroid, hormones, weight loss, anything, Mm. just go see somebody professional. (laughs) Yes. Okay. Now does coloring and highlight highlighting, does that truly damage your hair? Tell us the ins and outs of protecting your hair while also coloring your hair. Okay. So the active agent the chemicals within color, what it does is it alters your hair. So of course you could say there could be quote unquote damage being done. Um, There are ways that it doesn't have to be damaged. Stylish should be damaged. Let me just say that. No tea, no shade. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But, and I'm going to kind of break this down for you the best way I can see fit. So on our hair strands, we have cuticles and think about how a roof is laid with like shingles on it. Mm -hmm. When we apply color on it, those shingles lift up and deposit or lift. 
Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Okay. And when we shampoo and condition you, we're trying to lay those cuticles back down, but do they lay back down completely? No. So if your shingles are sticking up or your cuticles, that creates frizz, that creates damage. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So a lot of women who have thinner hair, also, this is a pro tip to you. A lot of them tend to get highlights because their hair feels thicker with a highlight. And that's because their cuticles are standing up a little bit more. Interesting. So does color cause damage? Yes, it can, but you need to go to a professional that knows what they are doing and that can prevent that damage from happening. Okay. Anytime anytime you alter the hair, there can be damage. Right. Are there any products or brands or anything like that that you love for people who do color their hair and they're like, there's no way they're stopping, but they want to do the best they can at home or whatever while they're getting their hair colored? I can't preach this enough. Olaplex, Olaplex, Olaplex. Um, If you do not know about this brand, what this brand does is it rebonds your hair. So remember those shingles and those cuticles that we pushed up from highlighting or coloring your hair? What Olaplex is going to do is seep down into your cuticles, rebond the structure of your hair to make it stronger. Olaplex has shampoo, conditioner, smoothing treatment, take-home treatment for you to like put on as a mask. It has an oil, like literally an entire system. Uh, we carry it at the salon and it's chef's kiss. It's amazing. Can you shop online through the salon? Can I link this? Not yet, but it's coming. Okay. Maybe, um, I'll at least link your Instagram. So maybe people can call if they're local or whatever to place that order is mostly just good for people who are coloring their hair. Or is that just the brand you recommend across the board? I have a few and I call them virgins because they've never touched their hair. They never Mm -hmm. color their hair. So if you have virgin hair, and you use Olaplex. I don't think Olaplex is going to do much for you because you have not colored your hair. You have not opened your cuticles enough for them to be able to go in and do their job. Mm -hmm. So if you're a virgin to hair color, I would suggest things like uh, hydrating, moisturizing, smoothing kind of products. Um, Like a hair mask is going to help you, that kind of thing. But if you've colored your hair, I, I would definitely 10 out of 10 highly recommend you put some type of Olaplex product in your regimen. Okay. So you just said something about a hair mask. So hair masks yes. are legit. They help. Tell us about that. Yes. Okay. So hair masks are a thing. So what a hair mask does is it's literally going to coat your hair, coat your cuticles and your hair strands, enable for them to be smoother and frizz free. Now do all masks work? No. They don't, you know, so you have to find a hair mask that caters to your hair needs. So if you're blonde, you want to look for the words reparative, restorative, that kind of thing. If you're looking for like sleek hair, you want to look for hydrating, moisturizing, that kind of thing. Okay, great. Any, any brand recs there? Yes. Uh, We carry a great brand at Live the Salon called Maria Nilla. It's a luxury brand, but don't let that deter you. The masks are about $40. We have a reparative one, and then we have a hydrating one. And we also carry Kenra mask, which is a color one. So if you're a blonde and your toner keeps slipping off, you probably need a good color mask. Mm. But if you're a blonde that needs hydration, you need the hydrating mask. So you always want to make sure you're looking for keywords within your products. How often are you supposed to do a a hair mask? Once a week. Oh, wow. Okay. It's always my recommendation to do it once a week. Now you don't need to go like put it on 
wait a few hours and then rinse it off. You always need to read like the manufacturer's directions Mm -hmm, (laughs) mm -hmm. because in some people, again, you need to read the things that are on your product. So if there's protein in a mask, which a lot of masks have protein in blondes do not need protein whatsoever. A lot, half of my clients are blondes. Body blondes not need protein because your hair can become fragile with too much protein and break. So yes. (laughs) But like I, with my almost black hair, I would need protein in my hair mask. Your hair would be 10 times shinier with protein. Yes. Wow. Okay. Yes. Yeah. So a blonde doesn't necessarily need those heavy hydrating molecules like protein, like we do a stark headed lady. So, okay. Okay. So tell us the keywords to look for again, if you're a blonde looking for, and is this a, is this for any product or specifically with the masks? Any, any product, but especially a mask, you always want to look like blondes do not need the words protein and keratin in them. Us brunettes, we can go in that area. Blondes, you also want to look for damage, like damage control, restorative, um, revive, that kind Mm. of thing. Now, if you are a blonde and you're not having breakage or anything like that, then you can look into getting like moisturizing, hydrating, that kind of thing. Okay. While we're talking about- But if you're blonde, just stay away from protein. Okay. (laughs) That is really good to know. So while we're talking about blondes- what about, and obviously, again, this is not a question for me because I would look terrible with blonde <laughs> hair, but if you are blonde and you're coloring your hair, how do you prevent the toner from slipping off? Why is it doing that? And then how can blondes maintain their color? Again, this is a very popular question and it's because a lot of the general public does not know the timeline of what their color should be. And let me say this before I continue with this color. It's very important for hairdressers to sit down eye level with your clients and let them know what this process is going to be for them, one financially and in the long haul. Hmm. So if a blonde comes in and she wants to be this really ashy, cool Elsa looking blonde, you need to warn her financially of what she's up for and two, the damage that it can do to her hair. Hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. So my blondes that complain about toners, there's a couple things going on that your toner's not lasting. First of all, your toners only last four to six weeks. So that means if you're a eight week or a 10 week client, that means that you need to buy a product to prolong your toner, if that makes sense. Now, if your toner's slipping off before six day, I mean, four to six weeks, there's a couple things going on. You're probably showering with too hot of water. Um, And what hot water does is it opens up your cuticles and all those pigments we put in wash out. Um, You're using too much heat on your hair. So like hot tools, curling irons, et cetera. And then the third thing is, is that your hairdresser probably did not lift you enough. So enable for a toner to take your hair. Think of a banana. Your hair has to be an inside of a banana, not outside of a banana for you to be a pastel blonde. Does that make sense? You are so smart. I'm, I feel like I'm in science <laughs> class. I've never heard any of this about hair care. Keep going. Yes, it makes sense. I, I hope I'm not going over people's heads too much. <laughs> no, this is perfect. This is what I wanted for this okay. episode, a deep dive, not something that we just heard on a L'Oreal yeah. commercial, you know? <laughs> oh, those are cringeworthy. Um, <laughs> so yeah, you know, if you're a blonde, your hairdresser is doing you an injustice by not telling you how you should one up, keep your toner, what it's going to be like financially for you. If this is going to cause damage, if this is going to be a process, 
blondes are the ones I have the most consultations with because I have to instill in their head that this toner that I'm putting on their hair is not permanent, like the blonde underneath it. Mm-hmm. And for those that don't know what a toner is, what it does is it cancels out unwanted tones. So if I lift a blonde to a blonde and she's yellow, I have to add pigments to cancel that out. So she can look like Elsa. Hmm. If that makes sense. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, it does. But okay. Now as a brunette, you said something that struck a chord with me. I take burning hot showers. <laughs> Am yep. I damaging my hair by doing that? No. Okay. No, 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 no. I, now, how hot are you taking them? Like all the way hot? I mean, pretty dang close. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't come out with like third degree burns, so I guess I'm doing something okay. But yeah, I take hot showers and I've heard, okay. I've heard about not washing your face in that hot of water, like in the shower and she do cooler water. But I haven't heard if that First of all, I don't even know how true that is, but I haven't heard this about hair. So I wanted to be sure to ask. So you just made a point that I want to tell women this, you know, how we all take care of our hair. We get Botox, we put facials on, we put moisturizer on. Why aren't you treating your hair that well? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So oh, you, we all take care of our skin. Yeah. 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 So, and your hair is 10 times more fragile than your face. So, oh, um, I I think it's important to watch what you're putting on your hair, but also I would not run your head under a very hot shower for 30 minutes, Sarah. I would maybe just do it just for the shampoo and conditioner. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Just to be safe because anything hot opens up your cuticles and for us brunette ladies, it's going to cause frizz. But that makes sense. (laughs) I'm seeing some frizz. Okay. Another thing I'm seeing personal problem, but I wanted to get your take on this breakage and hair damage. I wear my hair pulled back a lot. I try not to pull it too tight. I usually twist it and put it in a clip mostly just because I have a lot of hair and I'm lazy during the work week. Um, I feel like I've lot, I've had some breakage around my face, but I also want to just, even for girls who aren't wearing their hair back most days, we all throw our hair in a ponytail, you know, when we go work out or run errands or whatever, hair ties, clips, like, are you seeing a lot of hair damage from those or is it just yes. super tight? Okay. Tell me about how we can prevent that. Cause we're all going to pull our hair back eventually. Oh yeah. I mean, I'm a high pony girl and I love a bun like right on top of my head. So I feel your pain. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but you need to give your hair breaks. So don't constantly always use the same hair tie, change it up with a clip. So you're doing the right thing. Maybe go on Amazon, buy some skip, like silk or velvet scrunchies and sleep in those. Give your hair a break. Don't use those like black hair ties all day, every single day. Because if you wear your ponytail in the same spot every single day and you're using that raggedy old black hair tie that is super tight and you're wrapping it around three or four times, yeah, your hair is eventually going to break. People need to remember that your hair, I don't, well, people may not know this, your hair is made up of dead skin cells, literally. So it's, it's dead. It's not alive. You see what all, I'm saying? All of our hair is dead. I've heard the expression yes. dead hair. Like my hair looks dead on the ends, dead ends. That but just I haven't thought about it all being frizzy. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. So your, your hair is just dead cells that your, that your body is getting rid of. That's why your hair grows. Right. So it's, it's just important to watch out for that. And when you're tying something in the same place with a lot of pressure, it'll break. It's just going to happen. I see it all the time because when I'm in y'all's heads, I see things sometimes that y'all don't see, especially in the back of your head. 
I see ponytail breakage every single week. So I suggest switching up with like a teletie, a velvet scrunchie clip. Just don't use the same ponytail holder over and over again. Is the teletie the cord looking one? I have one of those yes. right now. Okay. Those really are better. I, I love them because they okay. don't put a lot of pressure in there and there's like little divots, you know, mm -hmm. so your hair kind of goes in them. And also a pro tip, if you ever need to shrink those, you know how they get really big. Mm -hmm. I pour uh, boiling water over them. They don't ruin whatsoever and they just shrink back to their original size. Olivia, I'm, I'm going to do that today. I was just <laughs> yes. looking at how stretched out mine is. Oh my gosh. Boiling yeah. water. Okay. Yeah, get you like a little bowl and then uh -huh. put all your teletides in there and do this about once a month. Pour like with a kettle or even a pot. Just be careful. <laughs> Some boiling water over them. Let them sit and you will see them literally shrink back to the normal size you bought them in. So many gold so no nuggets in this more. episode. So <laughs> much. What about breakage around your, your face? Is that, could that be from a product, a skin product you're using, or is that related to pulling your hair back too? It, it depends. Like if you're doing like the really tight Kardashian pony, you know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. where your baby hair mm -hmm. is really slicked back. That's the only reason I think you would have breakage from pulling it back. If you have breakage around your face, more than likely it's not breakage, it's new growth in most cases. Okay. Huh. Yeah. Oh gosh, I don't need to grow anymore. <laughs> Any more hair. But you have like beautiful hair. So grow. I will thank you. Um, okay. How do you guide your clients or do you just kind of go with whatever they come in there for and wanting? But is there a way to determine a look or a style that's going to look good on a face and maybe it's one that's not? Or with color. Like if I walked in and said I want to be have a blonde bob, hopefully you'd stop me. But how do you determine what looks best on you. So every hairdresser that goes to school is trained on face shape, skin tone, and what complements those things. That's part of the ABCs of what we're trained to do. Um, so Sarah, for example, would you look good blonde? Yes. What? Actually, you would. Yeah. But I'm not talking Elsa blonde. Mm -hmm. You would look good like a beige gold blonde because maybe cool tones may not suit your skin tone. Mm-hmm. So that's things we have to look at. Now, would you want to get a bob? Would I wouldn't do a short one on you because your face is very elongated. Mm -hmm. So I would want to break that up somehow and do it where it's not going to accentuate your face length. You see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So that's it. like, as soon as y'all sit down, we're sitting there going, okay, this is going to look good on her. This is going to look good on her. And we're thinking in our head. Now, Felicia comes in and she wants Kelly Clarkson chunks <laughs> and a bob circa 2007 in her hair. Of course, I'm going to guide her away from that because that's not what I do. You know, uh -huh, <laughs> like, uh -huh. not good branding but, for you. <laughs> yeah. But you know, like a we have to satisfy the client, but at the same time, we have to gently give them our professional opinion. So yeah, if you wanted to go blonde, I wouldn't bat an eye. I'd be like, okay, girl, these are the tones I suggest. Okay. You know I'm deciding I mean? right here, right now. Spring is going to come around. I'm going to let Olivia lighten my hair. <laughs> Ooh, I'm, I'm nervous already, but I'm excited. And I, you know, I could use some change. I've had this dark hair for a while now, but I trust yeah. you. And I think that's a big key. I've noticed through this conversation, you build a lot of trust with your clients, not Absolutely. just because the proof isn't just in the pudding. Yes. You have great work. Yes. Your client's hair looks beautiful, but the fact that you said you'll sit down and talk with the client and give them a heads up about financial responsibilities. I mean, how rare is that? In, in any industry, uh, you, that's just something that people don't talk about so openly. And I love oh, that yeah. you do that. It's, it's, 
even when I educated for years and even with me opening up Live the Salon and I trained every single one of my girls. They started with little to no clientele and I've built, you know, them up a clientele and they know my way of doing things. And after training all these women, um, it's very hard for a hairdresser to grasp that they need to sit eye level with you and talk to you friend to friend, act like a girlfriend and just say, hey girl, this isn't gonna work. Hey girl, this is your journey. Or hey, we can't do this today, you know? So you, you have to talk to your clients like they're human beings and not a client. Mm-hmm. That's, that's the thing I've learned throughout the years. You can't talk down on them, get on their eye level and you know, just be a human with them. And, and it, it irks me. My girls know I clutch my pearls. If they stand behind that chair and talk to them in the mirror rather than getting face to face with them, Mm-hmm. I'm like, get, get in front of them, go get in front of them. You know, like they know that bothers me, but they notice that their consultations go so much better when they are face to face with them. Because I find that when there's a disconnect with a hairdresser and a client, there's miscommunication then. So the hairdresser is not going to one deliver what you really want. You're not going to be happy when you leave and you've wasted your money. Mm-hmm. So I'm doing you an injustice by not giving you a consultation. So if there's anything I can teach any hairdresser, consult, 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 and do it the right way. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, people just want to be heard in all industries, oh, yeah. in all walks of life. People just want to be understood and heard. And even if you don't agree, even if someone's, even if Felicia is coming in and she's telling you she wants <laughs> these terrible highlights, you talk to her like a, a kind, civil human being, girlfriend, a girlfriend, she's way more Absolutely. likely to listen and take your advice than if you talk down to her, like you said. Yeah. I love Absolutely. your approach. I love it. Yeah. And I can't tell you how many clients throughout my 10 years that have stayed with me because I do that. And they have told me that they're like, Olivia, you do great hair, but I'm with you because you hear me. Hmm. And that means the world to me. So listen up hairdressers. (laughs) Mm -hmm. That's no, that's great advice. Okay. One more question from this Q and a, we got asked several times and I'm curious to know what your answer will be too. The dreaded drugstore shampoo and conditioner. Tell us your thoughts. Are there any that are good? Are there any that are decent? What are your thoughts on drugstore hair buys? So you may not like my answer on this. Okay, I'm ready. (laughs) Um, So um, I'm not going to suggest a drugstore brand. And here's why. And here's my reasons why. But I will tell you and guide you how to buy a drugstore brand. So y'all bear with me. Um, I won't support drugstore brands because again, I used to work for matrix, which was a big umbrella of L'Oreal. If you know L'Oreal, they make all the box dyes that you use. Most of the shampoos that you use at the drugstore, it was kind of a love hate relationship because I knew they were supporting things that I couldn't believe in because I wanted to support small. I wanted people to use professional. Okay. Also, there's a thing called a black market where these companies sell products that we are supposed to provide for y'all under the table. And that's how you see professional brands at Walmart, Walgreens, Target, and all this stuff. So if you're seeing a product in a salon and you're also seeing it at Target, that's because it's made under the black market. Oh, okay. What second of all, what, what do you say? Like, what, so what do you mean? Like, I mean, labor law, violating a labor laws. Like, what do we mean black market? Yes. So these products are made just for professionals and they're on Walmart shelves. Mm -hmm. It's very hard to see as a professional. So 
to me, there needs to be a divide. If there's drugstore, there's drugstore, and then there's professional. There doesn't need to be professional products actually on shelves. So like, for example, Biolage is a matrix product. You see it everywhere, everywhere. Now, I don't mind professional products being an Ulta or Sephora um, because that seems more like high end, I guess. But if you're going to make professional products, they need to stay with us. And then there needs to be drugstore products. So and not, not a lot of clients know about black market and how it really affects us because what ends up happening is our clients go, oh, I love that shampoo used on me, but I'm just going to go to Walmart and get it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, second of all, shop small. You should always shop small. Why are you supporting a corporation when you could support your hairstylist? That is literally your part-time therapist and changes your hair. <laughs> so that, that's my thing. And third, this is my biggest thing. There are ingredients and drugstore products that may not be safe for your hair. Um, notice that drugstore products constantly change. That's because that they cannot keep up with the quality of professional products. Are the same ingredients in professional and drugstore not the same quality? Maybe the same, but not the same quality. Um, like right now, if you're like a TikToker, you watch like there's all these drugstore brands going under a lawsuit. I believe the ingredient is DDH or DDA. Read your shampoo bottles. If it's on the back, toss it out. It's because there's a lot of hair loss going on. And all these drugstore brands, except for a few, have this ingredient in it. So drugstore brands constantly change because they can't keep up with our ingredients and the quality. And there's constantly lawsuits about hair loss or hair damage or anything like that. So they're very, they're just not good. But I understand everybody has a budget and they're going to do what they want to do. And if Felicia comes in and she says, I use Pantene, I'm going to give her my professional opinion on Pantene suggest her within the something in the same price range that is professional and try to help her out. But I'm not going to like condemn her for using Pantene, you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, some of the ones I bought from you that were great were only like $16. It's not like Absolutely. I was breaking the bank. Yeah. Yeah. And there's even those, professional, the <laughs> let me know. <laughs> um, and there's even professional brands that are way cheaper. So my thing is do your research. And if you have to buy a drugstore, you need to flip that bottle around, look at the ingredients. And if you love a product from your hairdresser, tell your hairdresser, like, look, I love you, but I can't justify a $40 shampoo. What can I go buy? Mm -hmm. Ask them. And if she's a good stylist, she's going to tell you. Mm -hmm. You know, I've heard some of this about hair loss and lawsuits and all this about, I won't say the name, but an MLM. Um, marketing product that's really popular and out there as well. What do you think yeah. about, what do you think about that? Is it a good product or no? I have a people I'm a, uh, associates of mine. I'll just say that sell it that are in my industry and they do well for themselves. And again, I'm not, I'm not being judgy whatsoever, but they stay in their lane and I stay in mine but I will give my opinion on Monet. I'll say it. <laughs> there it is. Um, if, if, a, if a company is having lawsuits over hair loss, why are you using it? Yeah. Why okay. There, there are products that were on my shelves last year. It was not an MLM. I'll say the name. It was Diva Curl because we specialize in curly cuts that live as well. Um, they had lawsuits for hair loss. I took those off the first day I saw that lawsuit. I took that loss from that money, from those products, 
because I'm not going to be responsible for my client's hair falling out. Mm -hmm. So my thing is, is again, you really need to do your research. You need to talk to your stylist and say, Hey, this is my problem. How can I fix it with products? And if you can't afford their products, say, can you please tell me what I can't afford? Mm -hmm. So my, my thing is just, just don't do Monet. Okay. <laughs> but if you, if you sell it, you keep making that coin, boo. You keep making it. There you go. I love your honesty. Yeah. I love your realness. You're so informed. Like I said, you're so knowledgeable and authentic. And I just, you're great at what you do. Ladies, if you live in the greater Jackson, Mississippi area, call Liv. She's great. Or any of her girls at the salon. Highly recommend 10 out of 10. I'll be sure to link the salon's Instagram in the show notes as well. But before I let you go, I always have to ask this question, but it's never been more appropriate or applicable for any guests than this one. In your own words, what does it mean to live well? Oh my God, I love it. <laughs> it's so great for you. That's great. I need that on a t-shirt. Seriously. Um, what's it mean to live well? It means to be confident, authentic, um, love yourself no matter what size you are. Um, and yeah. That like, if you want to live well, that's, that's what I think. That's a wonderful yeah. and beautiful answer. <laughs> Where can people find you and connect with you further? Okay. So you can find me on Instagram. It's at Olivia H Barrett. And you can also look up the salon at live the salon. And we're also on Facebook, live the salon. So check it out. Yay. Thank you, Olivia. I can't wait yeah. to play this back. I will be texting you after this to order some more shampoo and conditioner. Yay. And I've got some tangible takeaways. I've got to get, got to get on my hair, my hair game here soon. So come spring, we'll talk about, we'll talk about going lighter. I'm a little nervous. I'm down, but I, I trust I'm down to clown girl. Thanks, Olivia. <laughs> Thank you for listening to this episode of Well-Being, Well-Bought, Well-Said, the podcast. If you like what you heard, please subscribe, rate, review. It all means so much to me.